Welcome to the Vintage Talk Show. It's just two dudes getting together to talk about current topics in the vintage community with your hosts, Mosquito Heads and Vintage Shih Tzu. Today's topic is going to be the Malaysian Conspiracy, our thoughts on and interactions with the Thailand, Malaysian, I guess mostly the Indonesian buyers in general. So, yeah, I'm, South, Southeast Asia, just pretty much the that kind of coastal area of Asia is uh, really what we're referring to. Yeah, we get these buyers from from that part of the world, and they'll pay up. They don't mind paying good money for certain vintage items. So I guess I'll let you talk. You've had a very recent spill with some of these guys. Yeah, I got me a, uh, it was a cat, like Caterpillar, the construction brand hat. The Louisville manufactured, it was the denim snapback. And uh, yeah, I posted it and I think I had it at originally at, I think, what, 250 yeah, or best offer, and like within minutes of me posting, I was getting offers of like eighty or whatever. And uh, eventually, like while I was trying to like look at stuff, it sold it for the asking price of two fifty. But then the guy that was, of course, from Thailand, was like being a little bit flaky with paying and telling me, you know, he's got a friend that's going to actually pay for it. Can you know, I ship it to him and him pay for it. I was like, yeah, it's fine. Just send me his PayPal information and I'll shoot him an invoice. And he kept beating around the bush for like, I think it was like two days. So I was just like, well, the heck with that. We're just going to cancel the order and I'll just relist it because I'm pretty sure I can make more off of it anyway. But, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of what they're into. They're into what they call the true vintage. This is the stuff from like the 70s, early 80s. And from what I've seen, it seems to be like, really American stuff like Harley or uh, like that one was Caterpillar or just any other kind of farming equipment or like even oil and gas like with uh, what are they like the Texaco or Chevron or yeah the one with the uh, Sinclair um, I've seen them like 3D, 3D emblem yeah Mickey Mouse is also big with them they like the Mickey they like some yeah. of that old cartoon stuff so we're talking about the height of Americana yeah, sixties, seventies stuff. Yeah, and if there's resellers yeah. listening, you probably already know this. You're probably, oh yeah, yeah, I sell that. Some, I mean, that same stuff all the time to these people. But for those of you who don't know, this is kind of a thing. It's uh, it's kind of mysterious to me. That's why we're talking about it. I'm trying to figure it out. Maybe some of y'all might know more about it and can tell us what y'all know. And Vintage uh, Shits, he's actually done a little bit of homework on it himself, so he's going to fill us in after I get done saying what I got to say. And uh, so we'll see what he's learned about it. But, yeah, I think it's just kind of interesting that these people, which, I mean, I've been to China before, and I know it's different than, say, Thailand and some of these other places, but I know their average income's on the lower end, and yet they're paying up big time for these clothing articles that, you know, wouldn't even sell that much over here. And I get it. I guess it's because they can't get it over there, and that might be part of it. But uh, it's just it's very interesting. So I don't know what you, what, what do you find out yeah. when you uh, did your little, well, homework? I want to go back to talking about the buyers and how they operate. Okay. All because right. I've had several of these buyers before and they will buy stuff and like you're saying, just not pay. Yeah. And it ties me up for a couple of weeks online of waiting to go through all the processes of getting that going. If I don't cancel the order, 
if I cancel the order, I can pretty much do what I want the next day. But I was doing some research online when I found a thread, and that's where we were talking about this the other day about the people they'll proxy. That's what these buyers are doing. They're they're trying to get the kind of item. being like a middleman. Yeah, what they're doing is they're well, they're a reseller in their country, and so we don't we don't know what's really popular in those countries and what people are really going to pay. And we also don't have the storefront to, to mark those values up. But uh, what they'll do is they will uh, they'll find the item they want online. If it's, say, an auction, they'll just keep bidding it and bidding it. And while they're doing that, they're trying to find someone that they can go ahead and have it sold to. A buyer, yeah. They're looking yeah. for that. And if they don't find a buyer, then they just don't pay. So for them, they're, they're not out anything. And, and everybody knows eBay is a – it's not a seller's market at all. It's a buyer's market. Yeah. So sellers get screwed a lot, and buyers can pretty much do whatever they want. And yeah, that's what they're free. taking advantage of. Yeah, it's free reign for the buyer because it doesn't matter if they say, oh, we can't pay for it. And then you know, they're always the people that are going to message you and say, hello, my friend, or uh, how much for this? And they always kind of have these generic things that they'll say. Uh, I know hello, my friend is one I get a lot. Um they always try to really be yeah, little, vague. A little pandering going on, for yeah. sure. They're always vague with the questions they ask in the beginning. So I've had to learn to say things uh, such as, are you in America? Do you have PayPal? Um, things of that nature. Because they want me to go ahead and commit to saying, oh, yeah, I'll send you this shirt for $25. And then have free shipping on it. And it costs me 25 to ship it to them. They get a free shirt. And that's kind of things I've had to run into. So if you had the same instances and run-ins with them um well i've sold a 3d m1 to an a or i guess he was from thailand and it was off of instagram so i had zero problems he paid up right away it wasn't like the whole getting you tied up and so because it wasn't like i said it wasn't ebay it was off of instagram so it was like i would prefer selling to them off of instagram for sure but yeah with the hat that was definitely i mean it was literally Two, maybe three moments where it was sold and it was just tied up and it never got paid for. So that was definitely a big issue there. But, um, yeah, my thing is, it's like, what is what is this whole craze about and this, like, certain kind of specific genre of these vintage clothing articles? It's like, what is this hype over there about these? Like, what are, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, yeah. I, well, I think maybe it's like... Part of me has thought, hey, is this like stuff that's going to go way through the roof as far as value goes? And they're just like on it a little early and they're trying to collect as much as they can. Even, I guess, what we would say is paying up, but maybe 10 years down the road, that stuff's going to be worth way more than that. In reality, they bought that stock at a very low point. Well, from what I found online, the, this was some of the Malaysian company, countries. They got a really big, booming middle class. So they got a lot more people that are able now to pay for stuff. And from what I can tell, and I think this goes with almost any genre, if it's not um, if it's not Japan setting the market price, then I don't know who is. But I think Japan is the heavy hitter for all of these fa- mm-hmm. all the fashion. Yeah. And I read that a lot of these Malaysians, Thailand, Philippine. Mm-hmm. Big Philippines got a little bit more American influence because of naval bases and air force bases, I guess. But 
They're all doing what Japan's doing, and Japan's been on Levi's. And so you're Carlos. saying you're saying Japan's leading the way. They're they're the trailblazer, and then the other people kind of following suit. Yeah, and I think the the people in the South Asian countries now Korea close to Japan, and when I look on geography wise, uh, uh, Malaysia, Thailand, Singapore, Singapore country or is that a city? Can't remember right now. I remember looking at that in like Cambodia, like those names, like those places. They're flying to Japan for fashion to see what's up, and they're bringing that influence back. It's the same way as the Jap. You know, you hear about these Japanese buyers that will fly to the Rose Bowl, mm-hmm. or they'll buy wholesale from people that in America are finding vintage. And just like, uh, just like we would try to get something for cheap, they're doing that to us. Mm-hmm. So I think all they're doing is they're just getting on there and they're trying to find that one thing for very cheap. And as far as Malaysian buyers go, I'm okay with selling to them because they'll they'll pay for what they need. But mm-hmm. I also get turned off by the just the crappy, uh, more run-of-the-mill Malaysians. So I'd rather find someone from Southeast Asia that was uh, a true person that I could deal with a lot more. But I don't know where their influence is coming from. I guess I have to talk to some, somebody from the area, which is the next thing I want to do is find a Malaysian, Thailand native person that's in America and ask them, you know, what's going on over there? I watched some videos online showing some street markets and stuff. And their street markets are full of high-end fashion as well as vintage stuff. Open air flea markets that they'll have maybe once a month as well, kind of like a a Rose Bowl there. It's very interesting. They're, they're, They're selling all kinds of different things. So I don't know if it's one of those things where they were getting all of the bales of clothes that America was sending away, and then they decided, hey, we want to uh, like this stuff now, or we know we can sell it back to them, or if it was just they like it. That's the, their cultural influence. Like yeah, it. see, I don't, I can't decide if it's uh, collectors getting this because you're saying this, the like with the hat, I'm sure it's the same way as that's like a guy reselling it. But what percentage of these are actually collectors, like uh, people over there that appreciate it? They really are about it, and they're just wanting to get it for themselves and kind of put it in their closet and get it in the rotation. I would say the percentage is probably the same as that in America, just a smaller stockpile. So there's probably, just like in America, how we have um, people that are only into resale and not into collecting as much. And then you have true collectors that, I just wanted that shirt for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Very similar to that guy you sold the Jesus shirt to that looked like an American Thunder. And he said, I've been looking for this. Yeah, yeah. That guy right there, you know, that's a guy that I want to make contacts with. Yeah. Because me, I'm more of a collector reseller. I know you're more of a just straight up collector that resells a little yeah. bit. And I've been on the edge of selling some things I shouldn't. And then, yeah, and I'm with you. I'd, I'd much rather, if I'm selling something, I want to sell it to the person that's wanting that for themselves and not just wanting to turn a profit. Yeah. Well, I don't really have much respect for people who just want to buy my stuff and then make a profit off of me. Uh, and I get it. I guess it's all business, but it's like me personally, I'd rather sell to that person that wants to put it in the rotation, wants to go rock down on the street and make a statement. And uh, that's because that's what I like to do. And if and if I'm selling it to somebody, I want them to kind of be into it for reasons like that and not just to turn a profit. But... Uh, you know, you can't you can't get that with everybody. Yeah, I agree. I think that I'm not turned off from Malaysian buyers. 
I'm I'm more um, like I just don't really want to deal with them because of the runaround. And I think that's what a lot of people are like. But if I could find a couple of those people that were just really good um, buyers that could be more of a, a long-distance relationship as far as selling, give them a good little bit of a deal, they're always willing to have cash flowing, I'm down with that, definitely. So the Malaysian buyers – are interesting. I think the conspiracy is why are they buying so much vintage and it's only from a certain time period. They're not buying, well, I don't know if they're starting to buy 80s, 90s stuff, but I know the true vintage. And also one thing I've noticed is I've, I found an account that's uh, based out of, I believe, Australia. And uh, one thing I've learned about the market in Australia, I don't know if you've looked into it at all. Oh yeah, the, the New Zealand and the Australian markets fairly fairly big deal. I, I I underestimated those guys. Yeah, and what I found out is that our very mediocre and low end vintage, what we'd call our ten dollar tees, they're flipping their ish over that stuff over there. Like they're, I mean, I saw an account like I said that's he'll come over here to the U.S. get stuff, bring it back to Australia, and sell it at his store over there, and he'll be flipping out about the stuff that he found this week in America and it's like stuff that I'm passing up on the majority of the time. Maybe like his best stuff it's like stuff I might get just to have as like filler stuff or, you know, ten, fifteen dollar tees, but it's like they're not getting that good stuff, but it's selling apparently over there. And that's that's another thing. Their prices that they're putting on these things that I would say are ten dollar tees are like forty, fifty dollars. Yeah. So it's like, okay, what's up with that? I mean it, it's like do we need to just get three suitcases full of vintage of our low end stuff? Get a plane ticket over there, go sell it all, have a free vacation, and make a bunch of change on top of that. I mean, is that something we need to do? Um, and you could even probably go over there and come back, trade trade these things out for things over here that yeah, would cost. oh yeah, they probably got some vintage over there that we don't get over here. Yeah. That might get. Some. Well, I mean, if you're taking a ten dollars shirt here, you're gonna trade it for forty bucks, and that's just nuts. It's a good idea. Go to go to Malaysia. Yeah. See so the if sites. you're out there and want to go on a free vacation, that's how you do it. Just pack your bags of vintage and then plan on selling it all when you're over there. Yeah. Buy some generic clothes over there and uh, yeah, get, yeah, like a, get I saw, a free trip. I, mean, I, was, I saw an account and the guy was selling vintage Gap stuff in overseas for a lot of money. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, that's one of the brands we talked about should be a lot we think could be the next one to bust, some of the vintage Gap things. But I don't know, it's crazy. So we have, uh, we have uh, the other half of Mosquito Heads. Got a you got something you want to say here? Okay, yeah. From what the articles that I have read that um, about the Thai conspiracy, I think that they just love that era of clothing, that 60s, 70s Americana. That's what's in over there. That's what's selling in the stores. That's what they want. Whether it is the T-shirts or it's just the 60s, 70s style of like, you know, bell-bottom jeans or the just that era of clothing that makes sense. That's okay, style. so over here we're more into like honestly, nineties is really popular. I think it's because we're the millennials. Here. That's the people that are buying the clothing. They want to make that statement, and that's it's always like collectors always want to get back their childhood. And I feel like you know that's why it's so hot here right now because we're the ones and starting to be in the workforce, able to buy things, and that's why the eighties and nineties stuff is big here. But for some reason, they love the sixties, seventies because that's what's in. That's the style. Okay. Okay, so they're definitely 
they're definitely into the true vintage. And uh, I would say even as late as early 80s because they, they'll flip about some Not the early Disney, 80s stuff. the Mickey yeah. stuff. Um, definitely. But will that be the stuff that's more expensive later on down the road? Yeah, that's, that that's what I always come back to. It's like, are they kind of thinking in the long term and being like, hey, this stuff's, we can kind of get it for cheap right now, but 10 years from now, this stuff's going to be through the yeah, roof. Yeah, they may know something we don't know. Yeah, Which, that's the that's the conspiracy part to me. It's like, do oh. they what do they know that we're not looking? Well, here's the other thing. I, I remember from my research, they're not only buying clothing from that time era; they're buying trinkets, all kinds of things. And uh, for us, we don't have big Facebook groups, but I noticed that over there, uh, they'll have Facebook groups for their shop. And I looked a couple of them up, and they're they're over there just um, like selling all kinds of trinkets and furniture and. Stuff of that that whole time era. So they just love that time of what America was producing. But like I said, like the quality, like the look, the fit, all those different things. But they also like the new stuff too. Just simple shirt, solid shirt with like a branding on it. I saw a lot of people were into that. You know, just a black shirt with an Adidas symbol. So it's kind of interesting. There's a street culture for it, but then there's also the mix of the vintage with it as well. So how long do you see this trend in Southeast Asia going on? Do you think this is going to be a long-term thing where they're always going to be searching this stuff out? Or do you think it's going to evolve into the more 90s or the... Well, I can tell you this. They know, they've know they known more about it than I have because I've been reselling for a while and I've sold some really nice stuff. I'm talking eight years ago to, you know, within that time frame. To some people over there. Yeah. Like I would like put up a... Yeah, I'd put up like well, a... Well, it'd be considered now super low, is what you're saying. Yeah. So they kind of foresaw well, no, that. I mean, like going $40 there. Harley shirt. That's Bought maybe, as soon as it's listed. That's maybe now going for, what, $7,500 for yeah. Harley's? Okay. Things like that. So things then, they were still on that. They were still on that. I think that's just as more resellers are popping up and more stuff is being found, because vintage is in now, for really before Macklemore and his mm-hmm. thrift shop song and some of the other celebrities that were wearing vintage it wasn't popular yeah and so i think there it's always been popular we just didn't know about it but now that people are out finding it and putting and listing it there's more instagram accounts for it you're seeing a lot more of movement of clothes to that part of the world yeah because i do recall actually my friends found he found some uh i think they were like shell toe adidas that were like i think they're from like the 70s and uh, he posted them on eBay. This has been probably over 10 years. It's been a while. It was before definitely I knew anything about these East Asian market. And, uh, yeah, he sold them, like, quick for, like, I think three or $400. And it went over there to, like, Thailand. So they've definitely been doing this vintage, paying up for vintage for a long time. And it's probably been a lot longer than even 10, 15 years. Yeah. I think so, we're just starting to see it. I've also seen a big South American market. We can talk about that later, but... Talking about like Venez- Brazil. Yeah, Brazil, Venezuela. We get a lot okay. of people. I don't know. I can't remember. I know Brazil for sure. Yeah. I mean, the countries want it. There's Everybody's wanting this vintage stuff, but it's just interesting to see what they want because the American style is so different from... Yeah, them. and I guess, I don't know what the screen prints look like from the 80s, like over in Thailand. Like, maybe they didn't have shirts that were quite like what we had going on over here. Yeah. I feel like they were probably, are they developing countries then? So maybe they didn't have yeah, that's what the I've ability to screen print. Yeah. That's why they want the American screen printed yeah. clothing. Might be it. Yeah. Well, that's our thoughts on the yeah. uh, Malaysian conspiracy. Why are they buying all our vintage? That's the conspiracy part. 
And uh, yeah, if you've got any personal stories, let us know. We'd love to hear them. And I know a lot of y'all out there probably have a lot of uh, dealings with them, especially if you're selling that really old vintage or, uh, you know, old Mickey, old Harley. I know you've had dealings with them. So yeah, we'd love to hear any comments or uh, any more questions on it. And uh, yeah, thank you for listening as always. And uh, tune in next time. I don't know what we'll be talking about. We'll be, who knows? We got so much to say. If you'd like to ask us questions or submit us topics for a future podcast, you could contact us on our official Twitter page at Vintage Talk Show or at one of our accounts on Instagram at Mosquito Heads with a Z or Vintage Shit Zoo. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for more.